for these two. Uh, it's been a weekend of surprises. Uh, my wife being the event planner that she is, I went out yesterday with Chad and Jeremy. We went shooting and I came home with a house full of about 40 people. Uh, and they're here today. I'm so thankful for our church family, but especially for the people in the first three rows here. Thanks for everyone who traveled near and far. We have friends and family that came from a long way to be a part of this. Uh, so we're grateful for you guys for making that trip. We love you guys and appreciate it. Amen. Savannah, we pray for you today. And as Jesus, when he was baptized, a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. A voice comes from heaven and says, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And when Jesus came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And I pray that God's presence will go before you and with you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name. All right. Savannah Grace Stanifer. Oh, we forgot to read her testimony. Thank you. My name is Savannah Standifer, and I invited Jesus into my heart on January 25th, 2020. I want to be baptized to let everyone know that I am a Christian. I love Jesus with all my heart, and he will be with me all of my life. Then when I go to heaven, I will get to see him, and that's the best part. Now we'll try this again. <laughs> All right, Savannah Grace Stanifer, through the profession of your faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come on, church, give it up. Give it up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, Shiloh, buddy, get in the water. I told your dad to hold you down a good five minutes. He said you can hold your breath a long time. All right. My name is Shiloh Standifer, and I invited Jesus into my heart on March 3rd, 2021. I want to be baptized because I love Jesus. He loves me, he helps me with school, and hears my prayers. I want to show everyone that I am a Christian. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless Shiloh. Lord, we thank you for his commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. And Lord, we thank you that you're going to make him bold and you're going to make him strong. And Lord, he's going to be a little evangelist to his community and his neighborhood and his school. In Jesus' name, amen. Shiloh Wade Standifer, through the profession of your faith. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, guys, give it up. Let these kids feel good today. Come on, give it up, give it up. Come on, can we celebrate? He is for you. He is for you. Come on, let's lift it up. Here we go. He is for you. 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 
He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. He is come on, let's celebrate. He is for you. 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 One last time, let's try it again. He is for you. Hallelujah. Yeah, I got it. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you guys for an amazing time of worship today. Amen. We're going to continue our series. Devin, thank you for coming out. Thank you for leaving the band, leading the band today. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to continue our series, Living Your Dream. Living Your Dream Out. And today I want to take, a, take for thought today, and I want this to be in your mind. I want to say, don't stop at six. If you're watching online or you're here today, you want to write it in your chat. Everybody say with me, don't stop at six. Don't stop at six. And what I mean by that, if you have your Bibles, look at Joshua chapter six, verse 20. It says, now the gates of Jericho, I want you to see this, were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. I want you to circle that. They were afraid of the Israelites or God's people. And this Jericho was like the enemy. No one was allowed to go in or out. But the Lord said to Joshua, come on, that's our people, that's us. The Lord says to us today, I have given you Jericho. I've given you its king, and I've given you its strong warriors. And then it says, you and your fighting men, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give a long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town, they will collapse, and the people can charge straight in and take over that town. How many of you are wanting to take over some town, some area, some real estate in your life and in your faith walk? If you're out there, say, that's me, amen. And then down, they did that, and down in verse 20, Joshua 6, 20, it says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, they shouted as loud as they could. And suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town, and they captured it. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you have called us to conquer land. You have called us to take back strongholds. You have called us to take back ground in which we give up or the enemy has has came and stolen from us. 
Lord, today is the day that you've made, and today you have called this a day that people are going to charge their cities, charge their mountains, charge their giants. And Lord, I'm believing there's going to be a shout in the house as the walls come tumbling down. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, God's people, they just crossed the Jordan and they entered into the land that God had prepared for them. And water, the water Jordan speaks of uh, salvation in, by faith in Jesus Christ. If you remember, they had to put their foot out in the Jordan. And after they did that step of faith, what happened? The Jordan opened up and they walked through to the promised land that, that God had for them. And the water that they walked through is also symbolic of baptismal water. So the symbolism of God's people walking through the Jordan is symbolized of, faith, of salvation by faith and water baptism. But after you have salvation of faith and water baptism, how many know that there's a whole big area that God has for you to conquer? And sometimes when you look at your life and you look at the places in your life, you see places you want to be, things you want to do, places you want to be, uh, things that you are not satisfied with that you know that God has something in store for you. So today, uh, in capturing our cities, what we're doing is we're occupying the land. Brothers and sisters, this is something we'll continue do, to do as long as we are Christians. You know, these areas sometimes... When you say, man, I want to occupy this land, my marriage isn't where it ought to be. My kids are away from the Lord. Whatever my finances may not be what they need to be and what God wants them to be. Sometimes when you look at them, it can look like these cities are strong. They're fortified. They're, they're, you're like, how in the world can these things come down? You're like, man, that's a challenge. I've tried to do that before and it hasn't happened. Maybe some of you in serving the Lord, maybe there's areas where you carry a hurt or a wound or a burden or something's happened to you where you feel like you're in slavery to a dependency or something like that. That's what the scripture's saying when there's a city or there's a place that God wants to conquer. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants you to conquer these areas and that God has these things that he wants to accomplish you in you and he wants to make your life better. So God's promised land is entering, in, it means that we're taking down the strongholds. We're taking down anything that stands between our dream or our inheritance. How many know that as a saint of God or as a person of God that you have an inheritance? You have things that are yours. So I want to ask you something today. What stands between you and your next destination? What stands between you and, and, and the place that God has called you to be? You know, I want to give you a little bit of a description of Jericho. Again, right after they crossed over into the land that God gave them, boom, there was this big enemy stronghold. There was this big fortified city. Let me describe it a little bit. Excavations reveal that the walls of the stone were 11 feet high and 14 feet wide. They figured that out with excavation. The top was a smooth, a smooth stone slope angling 35 degrees for 35 feet out. Where it joined, there was massive stone walls that towered even higher than that. It was virtually impregnable. It was virtually impossible to get through and get into this place. You know, Jericho represents the gateway to your future destination. 
It's a city that seems hard to conquer or something you've maybe tried to get. It seems like it might be tough to bring down or a tough one to beat. But it's a city that's standing in way of your future. And I want you to know that God wants you to have that city. And I say, what's standing between you and your dreams? What's standing between you and God's promises for you? Maybe you have a dream of a promised land of what your marriage is to look like or what your family household is to look like. But when you see it, it looks like there's mountains. There's this fortified city. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know how this could ever be. Or maybe it's a hurt or a fear or a failure. Or, or you're around friends that seem to bring you down. What's between you and being in that place God wants you to be? Maybe there's a career choice or a job opportunity or a college that you're supposed to do, do. What stands between you and that? What stands between your relationship with God, maybe? What does it look like? What does it stand for? You know, sometimes we can look at those fortified cities and, we, man, and you're like, man, it's ruled me a long time. Anybody seem like there's things in your life that it seems like you march around it and march around it and just you think you're finally through it or you think you're finally past it and then boom, you get sideswiped, you get hit down again. Sometimes it seems like there's a bully that just keeps you down all these years. It looks so hard, it looks so impossible, it looks too big. And sometimes we'll say, we've been there too long. What, how can it be fixed? Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today that your present situation is not your final destination. I want to say that again. Your present situation, it's not your final destination. You have a city that needs to come down, a mountain that needs to be climbed, a valley that needs to be gone through, a giant in your life that we need to slay. That we need to slay. Where, you where you are at currently is not where you will be ultimately. Because the word of the Lord says, I have given you Jericho. I have given you its king. What is it that you feel like you've been bowing down to? What is it you have been feel like you've been kissing the enemy's feet? What is it that looks so strong and looks so tough and looks so big and looks so fortified that you can't think that it could ever change or ever come down? I want you to mentally picture that, and then I want you to hear God say this to you today. I have given you Jericho. I have given you freedom. I have given you healing for that pastor. Whatever it is, I want you to fill it in. What is keeping you? God says, I have given you Jericho. I've given you its king, and I've given you all of its strong warriors. I'm telling you, God gives the church the victory. The first thing that happened after they crossed, I wanted to preface all that so you could see, well, what's Jericho? What's the city represent? What's that all about? So, so we, we talked about that's what stands between you and your promised land. The arrival of God's pe God and his people. Think about this. Right after they crossed over, it was like the arrival of God. The arrival of the people of God. The arrival. And, and when I read that, it says, And Joshua spoke with the people, and he said, The seven priests with ram's hands, they started the march in the presence of the Lord, blowing horns as they marched, as the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. Here's the representation of that. Think about this. 
An enemy has had the land as long as you can remember. Jericho's ever, always been Jericho. It's been a wicked place, a stronghold, and the enemy has always controlled it. It's always been in his domain. Now you're a Christian. How many tried to do things without God and you just messed it up all the more? But then you had salvation and water baptism, and now you come through the Jordan, but that Jericho is there. That Jericho is still there. But I want you to see that Jericho in a different light today. You see it as big, fortified, something I could never conquer, something I could never do. But I want you to see that this time that you face your Jericho or you face that challenge or you face that circumstance, this time I want you to see this scripture that, uh, that, that they came now with the presence of the Lord. The Lord is on the scene. The Bible says let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. There's a difference. So, so, so boom, they were now marching not by themselves, but they were marching with the presence of the Lord. And you know, seven priests with ram's horns, trumpets always proclaim. Whenever you see trumpets in the Bible or ram's horns being blown, it always signifies or proclaims the presence of God is here and his kingdom is present. Trumpets always announce his kingdom come his will be done. Trumpets always pronounce the presence of the king in his kingdom. Trumpets proclaim to the strong city. It's proclaiming that you are a strong city, but one far more powerful is coming to take over the city that you've always had. So I'm telling you, you're facing this with God now. And then the Ark of the Covenant. You know, they carried the Ark of the Covenant. Here's what God said. He said, go march around that city six times. March around that challenge. March around that circumstance. March around that thing that has always beat you. March around it six times. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to put some strong men in the front. And then I want you to send out some priests with ram's horns. So they're sitting there blowing the trumpet and they're walking. And then the Ark of the Covenant was right in the middle. The Ark of the Covenant signifies the presence of God. So now as you're walking around your challenge or your situation, you've got the strong armies of the Lord marching before you, doing things that we can't even see in our natural eyes. God is with you. You've got strong men marching with you. They're in front of you. They're behind you. And the Ark of the Covenant, which means the presence of God, you're carrying that with you. How many of you get that gives you a different perspective of how you're getting over this thing? So they, 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 they did that. Now notice this. Here's the other thing I want you to notice from our scripture we read in the beginning. Notice that when God and his army arrived and his people arrived, notice it says the gate, it says, notice what it did to the enemy. It says the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the, of, the, of the Israelites. Do you know, we give the devil too much power. We give the devil too much glory. We give the devil too much fame. We, we're like, ooh, he's a lion roaring to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Well, he may be roaring and he may be running to and fro, but he is toothless. 
He's a lion without a roar. We have the lion that can really roar. Anybody out there say amen. We give him way too much ground. The only thing he has on you is deception, is lies, is keeping you seeing yourself as little. It's keeping, your, keeping you deceived that you can't overcome, that it looks too big, that it looks too strong. All he is is a deceiver and an accuser. They, they were scared to death when God and his, his army came over. They shut it up, and, and, and they, the Bible says they were so afraid. I want you to quit being afraid of your future afraid of what you're, what, what you're going to face. And I want you to look at it as an opportunity to let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and to start taking some ground that God has already taken and he just wants us to walk in and occupy. How many can just walk in and occupy? Quit seeing the enemy for more than he is. He was defeated 2,000 years ago. The Bible says that Jesus walked the enemy through the, the streets, that he was a, a defeated foe, ashamed and made fun of, because Jesus is king over everything. Guys, we have to change our perspective. We have to. The enemy just makes you feel the opposite of what's real. You, he's defeated. Your situation you're going to win. Six times around may represent six days, six months, six years, six decades. You've tried in yourself. you tried in your flesh because six is the number, everybody say, of the flesh. Of the flesh. Six is in God's numbers. Six is the flesh. Six is when you do it in yourself. God said you march around six times. But number seven in the Bible it always means completion and rest. It always means stand still and see the salvation of the Lord in the completion. So we're marching six times. But seven is seven. Do you know seven, the number seven, even in the scripture? It's used 11 times. Seven priests, seven trumpets, march around the city seven times. Seven trips along the city on the seventh day. Seven is the completion of the Lord. Amen. So six times around Jericho, if you read on through that story a little bit, it says the sixth time that you're walking around Jericho, I want to pull this out today. It said, do it in silence. Do it in silence. You're going to walk around six times. Don't say a word. Be in complete silence. Don't talk to the person beside you. Shh. Be still. The only thing I want heard is the ram's horns. Ooh, blowing. And you're marching around. I want you to get that in your spirit. Be quiet. Be quiet. Be quiet. Why does God say be quiet? Why does he say march around the fortified city, that area in your life that's always kicked your tail or you've never been over to overcome or conquer? Why does he say to walk around quietly? The reason he says to walk around quietly is because this is a time to reflect on the faith, faithfulness of God. To remember, do you remember with each step, with each step I want you to look back at where God had taken them and where they had come from. 
If they did that, they could walk around and if they are quiet, they could say, man, I remember we were pinned in at the Red Sea and Moses put his arm out over the, over the sea and God split it and we walked through on dry ground and the, all Pharaoh's enemies were, 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 um, were drowned. I remember the manna that was millions of people fed by God. And I remember, God, you fed me. I remember when I needed some meat, you sent some quail. I remember one time uh, we finally got to a place and we were all so thirsty, these Israelites said, 40 years wandering. We were so thirsty and we finally found some water and then we noticed the water was bitter and we couldn't drink it. Man, old Moses, old Moses, I'm just remembering, he went out and he cut a branch and the branch signifies Jesus. He is called the branch. And Moses put that branch in that bitter water and it became so sweet. How many times has the Lord put his branch Jesus in your bitter water and it becomes so sweet? So when you're marching around, you're remembering the faithfulness of God. And I'm getting better at this the older I'm getting. To where I don't let things shake me up and rattle me up and, and, and get me all spazzed out and anxious. The first thing I do is I get quiet and I remember his faithfulness. You know, the Bible says that we're to rise and praise him in the morning. But at night, you're supposed to lay and thank him for his faithfulness at night. How many of you can sit at night and just rehearse your day and remember the faithfulness of the Lord? Is there anybody out here that can give witness that God is faithful? He's faithful. So they, they, they did that. Amen. So six times, it was a time to reflect on his faithfulness. Six times around was a time to silence unbelief so that faith can be released. Silence. Why were they told to be quiet? Well, because they might have said, man, that's a big city. Strong city there. They've occupied it forever. I can't see how we're ever going to be able to do this. Is God crazy? There's no way this can happen. They had to silence these things. They had to silence the negative. They had to silence the unbelief. They had to silence their thoughts, their will, and their emotions. They had to silence their anxieties and doubts and emotions, that soulish realm. And they had to enter into a time of focus and meditation where they're thinking of the faithfulness of God. Listen to me. I'm telling you, the reason some of you can't take and conquer your land is because you're dwelling in the negative. You're dwelling in it's too big, it's too hard, it's too fortified. I've been here too long. I've tried before. My friend, you're going to keep walking around in defeat. You're going to keep walking around until you silence. Silence those voices. Silence them. I'm telling you, that's something you have to work at. I, I have to be on myself all the time because the Bible says that, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And if I'm not careful, I'm sitting there speaking death, to, speaking death and speaking cursing to my, to my wife and to my family and to my situation. When to speak, I always speak in what I feel, speak in what I see, speak in what I think I know, speaking that natural realm all the time. We have to get to a place where we don't speak what we see, but we speak what we believe. We speak what thus saith the Lord says. 
And I'm telling you that, 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 that you're, you're not going to get the victory until you learn to be quiet. Don't speak whatever just pops up in your head. Don't do it. You are, you are like, oh, well, that's not such a big deal. Yes, it is. I'm 33 years in this, and, and you, can, you can pass it off, and you can say, oh, it's not. It is very important. It is very important. It's very important. In fact, I don't care what you think. I'm telling you, it's very important. And that's why I'm walking in victory, and some of you aren't, because you haven't got that down. Be silent. Be silent. Don't speak what you see, feel. Speak what you believe. Faith is the substance of what you hope for. Faith is the evidence of what you do not see. These people, hey, do you, I want you to realize something. When they left with Moses out of Egypt, do you realize this? I want you to get this today. Do you realize they came to this same water's edge, Brian? They came to this same place. They came to the place. It was about seven days after they came out of Egypt. I'm talking with Moses, anybody out there. They were at that place. You know what they did? They sent the ten spies out. And they, seven days, they sent the ten spies out. And the ten spies, they sent twelve spies out. Ten spies came back and said, Yep, there's grapes over there. Yep, it's an amazing land. Yep, it's abundant. Yep, God probably has it for us. But oh man, they're terrifying. Their giants are big. They have five fingers and six toes and they tower over us. We are like grasshoppers before them. They'll smash us. There's no way. There's no way that we can do that. Joshua and Cable was like, Shush your voices. This is the land that God's given us. We are able to take that land. Be strong and courageous. God is with us. Now's the time to go. Man, all the people wanted to do is stone Moses and try to, get, try to silence the voice of Joshua and Caleb. And guys, listen to Numbers 14, 26. I just set that story up. Keep in mind, the Jericho that they are now taking, that they're now taking, forty-three years ago, wait, thirty-three years ago, they were in the very same spot. They could have been in the promised land thirty-three years ago. But they wanted to have that bad report because the scripture says it. The Lord said unto Moses after they came back with this report, How long must I put up with this wicked community and its complaints about me? Yes, I've heard these complaints. These Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this. This is the Lord speaking. As surely as I live, I will do the very things that I heard you say. You will drop dead in this wilderness because you complained against me. Every one of you, listen to this, every one of you who are 20 years old or older and was included in this registration, you'll die. That's why they wandered in the wilderness the rest of that time. 
God said, hey, I'm tired of fighting with you. You're complaining against me. You're making the enemy seem like he's a whole heck of a lot better than I am. That he has more control over your life than I do. That he can do whatever he wants to you whenever he wants. And you're like, God's not strong. He's not loving. He can't take care of me. He can't give this. I don't do that, Pastor Brian. I don't do that. Yeah, we do. We all do. I have to watch every day or I do. God said, just as you have said, I'm going to give you just what you said. Well, we can't. It's too hard. All right. I'm too tired. I'm weak. All right. Be weak and tired. But his word says, let the weak say they are strong. This seems impossible. But the word says, all things are possible to him who believes. I mean, you can sit and you can say, and here's the other thing. I, I, I didn't know I was going to get onto this, but, but angels minister and carry out the word of the Lord. When God's word is spoken, when God says words in the spirit where we can't see, Angels do and do, do the bidding of the Lord or the spoken word. They're, boom. They're, they're strong armies. They're soldiers in the world that we can't see moving. How many of you knew that a third of heaven fell? When Lucifer fell out of heaven, how many knew that a third of the angels fell with him? Well, brothers and sisters, an angel is an angel. An angel is created to carry out the word of, of the Lord or the word of the king. Uh, just like this microphone stand, it's created to hold this microphone and you can move it up and down and you can twist it. It's created to do that. I remember the Lord gave me the revelation that when I speak negative and I see the negative and I, and I, and I get in my soulish realm and I say it out, there's a third of fallen angels that will be glad to carry out what you just said. They'll be glad to help you with your confession. And I'll tell you what, there's balance in what I'm preaching, but I'm going on the extreme today. We need to be silent and be filled with the, faith, the faithfulness of the Lord and to get our speech in line with His. The creative power of words. Words create the life and the world that we live in in a negative and a positive way. Listen to this. Carmen told me this the other day when we were talking about this. Do you know when you keep it positive, positive just means saying God's word and his will. Are you all with me? Speaking God's will, speaking God's word, whatever that is, with whatever you're facing, okay? Um, Carmen was like, the other thing it does is it makes you feel better. Brian, when you're Speaking all this negative and looking at the worst case scenario and you're fearing the future, you're dreading the, the day, and then you're looking in the past when you messed it all up and you're just dwelling on that and you're thinking on that and you're saying it all the time. She said, Brian, I've noticed it makes you feel lousy. It makes you have a, a terrible day. Just in the practical, it makes me have a terrible day because I'm dwelling on that. And then she said, be honest with you, it makes my day stink too, because I know you're not doing good. Are you all with me? 
I'm telling you, we need to silence the voices, silence those things. The scripture says this in Romans 4, 17 through 21. I love this scripture. It says that Abraham believed God's promise to him. Whatever your Jericho is, do you have five or ten scriptures of promise that you believe that God can say to your situation, whatever it is? Abraham believed God's promise to him. He believed this, and I like to say this correctly. He believed God who calls those things which be not as though they are. You know, God's the one that calls those things that aren't as though they are. But we need to be in coordination and alignment and agreement with the Lord because Amos says that two can't walk together unless they're in agreement. So yes, it is God that calls those things which be not. He believed God was able to call those things which be not as though they are. But I believe that he was in agreement with what God was saying. Are you guys in agreement with what God's saying about your life, about your marriage, about your future? Or are you just going to walk around Jericho and say how big it is and tremble in fear? Are you going to walk around for 33 years when you could walk in your promises today? What's it going to be, man? What's it going to be? He believed God. The, the Bible says who against hope believed in hope that he would be the father of many nations. He wasn't weak in faith. Abraham was 100 years old, and God said, through your seed. I'm talking about having kids. You're going to be the father of many nations. He was a hundred, close to 100. Him and Sarah were close to 100 years old. Still no kids. How many of you, it'd be hard to be 100 years old when you want to have kids? And how many knows it may not function and work just as well as you want it to work 100 years from now? Anybody out there say amen. They did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. They did not consider that Abraham, the Bible says they didn't waver in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, the Bible says, giving glory to God. Abraham was fully convinced that what he has promised, he was able to do. Silence the voices, guys. Silence them. Silence them. Get God's voice of truth. God's voice of reason. God's voice of the word. Fully believe it. Stand with him. Agree with it. The other thing, it was a time of obedience to see what's off. Because I want to be balanced on that, on this. It's a time of obedience to see what's off. You know what? In leading this church and in leading people, like I've done for 33 years, that doesn't just mean that you walk around with your head in the sand. And that doesn't mean that, that when the doctors tell you a, a, a report that you just are living in denial and, you're, and you can't see what's happening in, in your company and you can't see... Because you're like, oh, I got to keep it positive. I got to keep it positive. I got to keep it positive. I'm not saying that. Because God does allow us to see what's off. God wants you to see what's off. He lets us see what's off so that we can bring his solution into that thing. I'm just saying don't stay in the unbelief and the fear and the doubts that God can't. See what it is. Well, the doctor says this, but my faith is saying this. Well, it, it, it worked. That person is lazy. I'm not going to walk around saying, 
they're not lazy, they're not lazy, they're not lazy. I'm calling him not lazy in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say, get off your lazy button, do something. Anybody out there, say amen. I'm telling you, you've got to find the balance in, the, in, in this thing. I remember the Lord said to me in 2002 in my basement. He said, Brian, I'll begin to open up the hearts of men and women where you can see things that nobody knows. Where you can look at couples and you know they had a fight on the way to church or that this happened. Or, or you can walk up. You, you can, I'm going to let you see what's off. I'm going to let you see what's off. We need to see what's off. So we can get what's off on. But when you see what's off, don't sit and speak what's off. And get everybody all riled and you get all upset and you get anxious about it. And think how in the world this is too hard. See what's off and then bring God's solution in his word to it. The Lord said, Brian, I will show you. I will show you. I'm going to show you into people's hearts But when I do, you cannot be a judge. You need to be a deliverer. See what's off. In fact, that's what you need to be doing while you're walking around your mountain, is asking God, what's off in my marriage? What's off in my relationship that I'm having with my dad? What's off in my company why we're not making any money? What's off why... Every time I go to my neighbor's house and we have a party that he ignores me and and I I don't know what I did to him. What's off? What's off, Lord? I think walking around and being quiet is that's when God shows you what's off. But the minute he shows you what's off, I, I dare you to pray the bold prayer of asking God what's off in your marriage. But after he shows you Quit speaking what's off and start speaking what you believe to be on. I'm telling you, there's something to that. There's something to that, and I want you to get that because I want you to grow. So they were doing that. They were walking around six times. They thought about where they had been. It was a time to be silent, to look at what they were thinking. It was that they, they thought about where they'd come from, but they also thought about where they were going. Your big picture. Your big picture. What is your big picture? What is it? What's your hope, your dream? What is it in life that you want to have? What is that? What's your YBT? What's your big YBP, your big picture? What's your God's big picture? And I think we should try to envision it. Envision. See what your life could be like. I really believe that God gave us an imagination so that we can imagine and see what isn't there. Did I tell you guys, did I tell you guys about the, um, um, what's the Facebook buildings? Did I tell them about the Facebook buildings? Do you guys remember me a couple weeks ago talking about the big Facebook buildings that's being built in Sycamore? Did I, did I talk about that a couple weeks ago? I couldn't remember if I did. Well, if I didn't, let me say it again. In Sycamore, there's like 2,000 people hired at Sycamore, and, and it's over by 88. They're building these massive buildings that, that, that just, that they're a million square feet each building, and they're going to build eight. It's going to employ people forever. We talked about imagination on what your life can be. 
there is this engineer it's going to be filled with just processors and when you think of processors what do you think of when you think of just stacks and stacks of processors filling rooms what would you think about heat anybody say heat if you said heat think about the heat that comes off those well this guy just started imagining Think of all the heat that we have to get off of these processors because they have to be cooled or they shut down. This guy started to envision what his future could be like, what his big picture could be like. And he invented something that takes all the heat off of these processors and it runs it through some conduits and they're heating the buildings with no HVAC. None. He envisioned it. God gives us the ability to envision, to imagine, to see what it could be. And I believe that's what else was happening as they were imagining. They could see what it could be, and I want you to be doing that. What is your best picture? As the worship leaders are coming forward, after we begin to see what our big pictures are, I want us to begin declaring it by faith. Everybody, if you would, write this scripture down. We're, we're, we're almost done here, but write this scripture down. This is a new one to me. This is a new scripture to me. Job twenty two twenty eight says this. Think about this. We're thinking about where we came from. We're thinking about where we're going. We talked about our mouth and our voice and getting in agreement and alignment with the Lord and acting. I want to talk about declaring it by faith. Job twenty two twenty eight 28 in New, New King James says this. Declare a thing. Declare a thing. And it will be established for you. So light will shine on your path. Brothers and sisters, I want you to start declaring a thing. That we, when we declare with our mouth, it will be established for us. And light will shine on our ways. Even, well, how do you do that? Even with the worship leader, I lift my hands up and I envision and I say, Lord, God, I pray that you will send us an amazing worship leader. He or she, I don't care. Lord, I pray that they will be prophetic with their voice and they'll be able to lead people into worship. Lord, I pray that our worship leader will be able to create a tangible presence where, where people are, will be like, surely the Lord is in this place. Lord, I pray that our worship leader will be somebody that is an includer that goes to the church body and they go out and they find people that are musical or they find people that are vocal. Lord, I pray that they'll be an includer and they can bring people in. Lord, I pray that our worship leader will be able to help our singers elevate their gifting and elevate their anointing on their life and, and that this worship leader will be able to, to, to help the instruments to pull out God's gifts and to help them be all they can be for the Lord. Father, I pray that this worshiper will be like David and have a psalmist heart. And Lord, I pray that the Spirit of the Lord just oozes out of him. Th that's what I declare. I don't declare, oh my God, what are we going to do? Braden's gone. He did so much in this church. Man, transition is so stinking hard. I hate transition. I wonder if the people, what are we going to do in the middle of transition? Oh my gosh, who's going to run the, over? man, Braden ran the overheads. He did this. He did. 
Nada. 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 You know what else I'm declaring? Lord, I thank you for a Gen Z pastor. The next generation that's coming up from our babies to our people in college, they call that Gen Z. Lord, right now, I declare that you are bringing, we've decided to hire a Gen Z pastor. Lord, I thank you, and I declare that you are bringing a Gen Z pastor that'll take an infant through senior, that they're going to know God, they're going to know his presence. God, I pray that he opens his home or her home and she oozes God's love and discipleship will happen and our kids will know their Bible stories. Lord, I pray that our kids will be worshipers and they'll know what praise and worship is. They'll be taught it. They'll know their Bible story. Lord, I pray that they will teach the kid to love one another and pray for one another and be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what I declare. I'm like, oh, Lord, how are we going to pay these people? Will they come to this, to this church and da-da-da-da-da? I'm trying to say to you, declare a thing, and it'll be established for you. And I want you to think about what you're saying and start thinking about what God's saying. Don't stop, six to, don't stop at six times around your dream. Make that seventh trip. Let's stand to our feet today. Don't stop. Don't stop at six. Don't stop at six. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think of the Jericho that's in front of you. I want you to think of the challenge. I want you to think about this message. I want you to think about your dream. I want you to realistically see what's off and what (coughs) what needs to happen. Don't stop at six around your dream. Make the seventh. God's been preparing you with a look back and a look forward because he wants to produce a shout of faith. It's a time, brothers and sisters, I really believe it's a time to march forward and not to stop at six. You can say what was off. Yeah, 2020 was a hard time. It was a tough time, but that's behind us. And 2021 is a continual year of victory and taking the land with a shout of faith in our heart. Lord, I pray that you would produce the shout of faith. I want you to see that. I want you to see yourself. Close your eyes. I want you to see yourself marching around that addiction. Marching around that failed marriage. Marching around that failed business. I want you to see that hurt, that fear, that that wound, that thing that you've been marching around and you can't go forward because you're stuck in the past. I want you to put your finger on that Jericho and I want you to march around it six times. I want you to march around it six times. I want you to know that the ark of God is with you. That the trumpets are there declaring His King come his will be done on earth as it is in heaven right now I want you to say your kingdom be done in my marriage your kingdom be done in my business your kingdom be done in my life your kingdom come your will be done let the trumpets of God begin to blast let the trumpets of God begin to blast in this place knowing if God be for us who can be against us this is the year of the shout Don't march around it six times. Get with God and go the seventh. And God says, I have 